88.1 WKNC. Uh, my name is Jacob. In the studio with me is Nathan Price. And he originally was going to come up and talk about Dig Up Tapes, but I figured first we could start by talking about that song we just heard. Uh, it's by a band called The Mark Tobies. And he said that the name of the song was um, Exuma, not Eczema, but Egg and Zuma. And uh, what, is, what is The Mark Tobies? Uh, the Mark Tobies, that was a group that we came up with an idea, or William came up with the idea, um, when we were when I was up in Baltimore hanging out, to make an album in a week with just some friends, just basically get together and see what came up from it. We take took four days, played two shows, and then that was it. We made cassettes, have some CDs that uh, for each other. I don't know if we'll ever put it online or not, but we were pretty proud of how it came out and surprised that we kind of turned in, into, most of the songs are kind of surf rock, which we were surprised by, I think. I thought it was going to be kind of country for some reason in my head. You're like, all right, usually when guys get together to make music, it sounds like it comes out of a shed, but instead, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's a, a bit more upbeat than you were expecting. Yeah, you know? yeah, it was. It definitely sounds a lot like uh, Man or Astro Man, like a couple of Man or Astro Man mixed with maybe like Joy Division, <laughs> yeah. like vocals that make you feel like you're the center of the room, but that you are going yeah. somewhere. And there's a lot of instrumentals just because we realized that the, all of our vocals were coming out really ridiculous, so, or just everybody was too embarrassed to play. To write vocals on the spot. That particular song, you guys, you did it only, you said only a couple of times because, and you actually enjoy it for that. The rest, the ones that you retread a few times, you feel well, like a little, or a little more worn? No, that that one actually, um, we did it with one mic. So that was the, one of the only ones we did on, or maybe we might have had two mics on it, but it, we didn't track anything through a four track. It was just a basic recording of the room where like some of the other ones we actually did on an eight track, but pretty much all of them, the ones that are on tape are the ones that we have are the first time that we've played it correctly because we recorded everything and as soon as we were like, I think that's the song, we just stopped and went to something else. And when you say tape, you mean literal tape, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, we had cassettes for it. If there's a fascination with the cassettes, what is it? Uh, part of it's just the fact that you can make them so fast. They're, they're fairly cheap and we can do something where we record an album in four days and then have a tape of the final product on the fourth day and have it ready at the show that night. There's something nice about having a tangible form that's not like a CDR. I feel like a CDR is such a temporary thing. They, people just lose them. They don't. They're going to shatter them or use them yeah, for posters. Yeah, where like a tape, you, you keep those things for a long time. If you have one, then um, they're going to stick around and, and you can make them pretty quick. So, so this had a four day turnaround. It was supposed to be a week, but we got started late. <laughs> Prep time. That, yeah. That's part of your, part yeah. of your project. What of this project is indicative of what you guys do over at Dig Up Tapes? It's basically just an idea that we came up with that we wanted to make happen because we're really into like having kind of weirder things like one-offs or kind of specialized stuff where it's not maybe not just, you know, a band doing a rock record and you're going to promote it and you're going to do this. Like we're, we're trying to maybe have something different happen with it, whatever we come up with. And it was real fun. So we try to make everything enjoyable. All right. So you guys enjoyed it, making the music and you played two shows. Did the audience seem to enjoy it as well? Oh man. Yeah. We, I was kind of worried that the show, that nobody's going to come to the show because I was trying to explain to people that it was a band that we had created four days earlier and wrote all these songs and it was going to be fun and they should come out and nobody, that's so hard to explain for some reason, nobody got it. But the show was crazy. It was one of the best, we played at Slim's and it was one of the best shows I've played there in a long time. It was packed. Everybody was going nuts. Why do you think it ended up becoming packed? Like you were having a hard time explaining it, but then... I think honestly it was a lot because we, well, we had Sam from Future Islands open up with a rap set and William from Future Islands was playing in the band with us so anytime that you have 
those dudes involved in a show in Raleigh, I just feel like you're, it's really hard to mess it up. And I forgot that for a little bit, but once, once everybody was there, I was like, oh yes, this city loves Future Islands. We should be fine. But it was, it was really fun. And then one of the things that we're trying to do uh, this month, tomorrow's record store day, a lot of people are going to be going in to be buying physical media. And so we wanted to focus on local music labels. And I guess to start with, is is Dig Up Tapes, would you actually consider it a label? Or yeah. I, I know the word imprint has been tossed around as well. I would say we're a label. I mean, okay. we book a lot of shows too. I don't know. We're like a label slash booker slash show promoter slash, I don't know. So that that's your niche, kind of like tricky records. You know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, they really they believe in the idea behind an album. They're they're terrified to put a barcode on it because it's going to ruin the finished project." I don't know if we've ever thought about it enough to have a principle like that. <laughs> uh, go other people it. apply those things. <laughs> hey, you you don't you don't do that. But yeah, yeah. like you were doing uh, a series where people come to a show and then they get to take a tape home with them yeah, um, if yeah. they come in in time. So. That is a way of creating an experience and tying it to a physical event. So I think that could be a big part of yeah. what you do. Yeah, that way, yeah, that's like a single series. And I've got some of the songs here. I brought them in. We have one actually tomorrow that's going to be a house show. It's the first show that we've ever done a single for and got PBR to sponsor a house show for us. But uh, um, it's it's going to be uh, in Durham. And we got a single with Spider Bags and The Wig Report. That's pretty cool. It's really good. Um, the one that I brought in today is for actually the next month for May. That is Caltrop and Black Skies, which is our, our metal show. It's, I'm pretty excited about it. It's going to be fun. So what is, is the origin of the Casingles shows? The Casingles shows? Well, originally, me and Brian Corum just wanted to put out a bunch of Casingles. Really, the, the origin is that we got 600 Casingle tapes or like 1,200. I, can't, it was, I was about to say, did you accidentally open a secret door and was, there were just empty tapes we waiting for we, we got it. There was We got it for so cheap and we, we were like, we got to buy it. I can't remember how much it was, but we got it for really cheap and we just figured we'd buy them and then figure out something to do with them. And so we just kind of been making Casingles ever since until we run out. And then what was the idea to put a show to go with it? We just thought it'd be fun. <laughs> and has it been? It's it's they're all really good. Yeah. What is the pairing selection process normally? Like you said that this is you know we've got our metal show coming up yeah. in May. Um, spider bags and wig report are playing in April. Uh, well, the spider bags and wig report actually came up kind of last minute. We weren't we were thinking about not even doing one in April, but then Lauren Reynolds and Craig Powell that were putting the show together. They got in touch with the Wig Report and Spider Bags and said they'd be into it. And Derek Torres, who d does dig up tapes with me and Brian, he kind of like made it all happen with them. So it was cool. Are the recordings original to dig up tapes or would this be something that like Spider Bags has released before on Church Key or? No. Yeah, this or, is, or it's, it's, they're more like a lot of the singles I feel like end up are more like uh more complete demos. They're, <laughs> they're not like, I don't think they're going to be releasing them on at least, at least for the spider bags uh wig report the wig report ones actually sounds really great they definitely put some time into it but the spider bags is definitely got like a laid back like on his like if somebody just cut a tape recorder on in the front porch feel so it's pretty cool this the i will say the couch up in the black skies one though sounds great they definitely went in for it metal bands work a little differently than garage rock bands though when you guys approached them to making this single what was their reaction like for black skies or culture Actually, Derek came to me with that, and he had already got it done because he lives in Carboro with them, and he was like, "We should do a metal one," and I was like, yeah, "That's a great idea." And then uh, he got he came, he's like, "I got Black Skies and Cowtrap on," and then which kind of blew me away because I, I was thinking, I don't know, I don't know who I was thinking about. I didn't expect like two of the biggest groups from the Triangle. Like maybe Colossus will come back for a song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that would be awesome too. <laughs> yeah. if, if they're listening, they should. <laughs> so we were pretty excited about it, but that's kind of how we think about a lot of them. If for the pairing at least I guess we'll 
kind of have an idea. Like we've done a rock band or like an indie band or like a more like a punk band, something like that. Let's try something different, maybe like a folk or like an ambient or something. Like let's just do something different, make a different type of show. My name's Jacob. Uh, you're listening to 88.1 WKNC. In the studio is Nathan Price. He is the guitar player for Lilac Shadows, uh, amongst many other hats that he wears. Uh, what are what are all of your hats that make you uh, a modern music man? <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> uh, I play guitar in Lilac Shadows. I play bass in Lollipops. And I uh, help run Dig Up Tapes. Yeah, you helped found Dig Up Tapes. Yeah, me and, and me and Brian founded it, and me and Derek are kind of running it right now. And Dig Up Tapes is a Raleigh-based music label and curator that uh, organizes shows and then uh, single series to go along with it where you can basically, at a low cost to the band and a low cost to the concert goer, take a tape home with you and mark that moment forever. I think one of the neat things is you guys try to distribute the music as many different ways um, that you can think of to make, I guess, the people happy. Like, I was like, what kind of label are they? Are they going to be, you know, setting up these like Faustian bargains and then laughing maniacally? Or are they <laughs> like Ezra Pound, like bringing great writers out of the work? And, um, you know, what, what is what is their philosophy? And it seems like it's, we want to have some good shows. Yeah. Well, we just want people to be able to listen to it which is why we put the digital downloads and everything, because a lot of people don't have tape players, even though it does drive me crazy when people say that it's not going to, like, oh, tapes, this doesn't even sound because we actually have a, we started off, they might not have sounded good at the beginning, but um, me and Derek got together 10 or, like, it might, he might have even got more since then, but like a stack of hi-fi decks, and um, he's got a amp that runs through them all that daisy chains them so that we can record a bunch of tapes at a time on hi-fi. So if you have a good tape player, the tapes should now sound pretty good. <laughs> they should sound very good, actually people listen to music for ta on tapes for a long time that was the affordable option so they probably got good at making tape players for a while yeah uh, is that something that you go to yard sales to find or do you can you still go to sears roebuck and be like hey we've got them all from we got like a bunch of them from, from scrap exchange in durham and then we just Derek went to like a bunch of thrift stores and everything else all of those probably in 1989 would have probably cost like thousands of dollars for all those tape players like the very nice ones now we get them for like 15 bucks a piece you know just nobody wants them anymore so it's easy to get some really nice ones then the really really nice ones that were like thousands of dollars are still pretty expensive because like the audiophile people are still obsessed with them because it's analog but they claim that it can get closer to like cd quality than record there's no like skips or anything but it's still analog so if you find like a really nice like Nakamichi or something like that then it's still going to be a couple hundred bucks but or even more maybe but we can find some good ones can you guys when you're listening can you know just from hearing it whether it's a cd or a record or uh like i said uh i don't know yeah well for if, our, if it's our own band then i can listen to it from the other room and be like oh, that's that's the cassette but if it's if it's something i'm not familiar with it, that would be hard your day job you know you do uh do you work for Reverb Nation? Do you do marketing yeah. for them? No, I actually I do mostly like support and testing. And then we're also, I'm helping run some opportunities where right now we're working for pre-game and post-game shows at the Carolina Railhawks, actually, which Very has been exciting. pretty funny. Pretty fun. Uh, and uh, the first one, actually, we got Lonnie Walker to play the post-game at the Carolina Railhawks. Do they do the post-games right on the field? Or? No, it's like on a the second-story club deck, which it was cool. I, I didn't get to make it. I was actually in Wilmington. With we've had a show with Lollipops, with Love Language, and Jenny Bazette at the Soapbox. So I didn't make it, but I heard everybody had a great time. And uh, we're going to start keep doing those. we got like eight more of them that I'm booking. Or, I don't know, they're actually through submissions, but they're sort of like booking. It's, I don't know, it's Reverb Nation. It's a little bit different than the Dig Up stuff. And then 
you you're in a couple of different bands like you mentioned already uh, lollipops and lilac shadows so dig up tapes what is their role in supporting uh, area music or bringing um, music to the area just helping get it out there i guess like the whole one of the reasons we started it was because there were a lot of bands that were kind of trying to do it all separate and we thought that if we just could get everybody together then maybe people would pay a little bit more attention because um we were tired of playing to nobody and <laughs> but, does it seem to work or? yeah it seems like it um and we've kind of got we started off just getting all of our friends and stuff in the area together and putting out stuff and uh recently we started like kind of moving out and like going like richmond with like white laces up there or, like baltimore we got a lot of friends wing dam up in baltimore um just areas where we can kind of go there and know that they're going to help us out and and when they come here we're definitely going to help them out or like naked guys in boone even or like olipo who started off in raleigh now have a space in Asheville apothecary um or you know uh cranky's coffee philip fledger with uh strangers he, he's really good about hooking up good shows and helping yeah, out cranky's so. coffee used to do like a lot of really cool compilations i don't know if they still do or, yeah i mean that place has been around for forever we went there for fuzz fest not that long ago and it was crazy the stories that people had about being there like so long i didn't know it had been around that long because i wasn't i mean i never even thought about winston salem was a place i guess <laughs> but but uh yeah it's fun what's next on uh your horizons the singles are coming out, going to keep coming out until, I think we've got three more, and then we're going to do six, and we'll have a full compilation, which we might do as a box set. I was going to say, is that one, one a month, or? It's been one a month. We, we didn't, we set that as like a loose perimeter. If we couldn't have gotten two bands that we felt comfortable with for a month, then we, we would be, it would have been okay to skip a month, too. Quality is Trump's consistency. Yeah. There was one month where we were like scrambling a little bit, and then... We were about to do some bands that we weren't as comfortable. Not that they weren't good bands, it's just that they were kind of not our not our thing. And then we decided uh, to skip it. But then actually, something happened where we ended up getting it coming through anyway. What bands came through for you? Do you remember that for that month? Or month I don't was I don't want to pull you know pull out the people that well, I do want to pull out the people that also didn't quite. Oh, that fit was it. that was the uh, Zach Mexico uh, last year's men uh, single, which last year's men came through at like the last minute, which kind of it was cool that they did that. But also, if they did just uh, if we could have got them to agree to it like three weeks before that, I feel like a lot more people would have came to the shows. But it was cool. They they played a uh, they recorded a Kiss cover for it, and um, they called it a Kiss single. And then they all dressed up like Kiss for the shows. It was pretty fun. And where was that show at? Uh, Slim's in the Cave. Mark Connor helped us out with that. We've been trying to do do them at different venues. The first one was at Kings. And then we've done two at Slim's, uh, one at the Cave, one at Nightlight. Then we're doing a house show, then Chapel Hill Underground. And then the final one is actually going to be um, at the PB Art show uh, for Towers. And um, that's that's coming up right after the, the Black Skies and Cowtrap show. My name is Jacob. In the studio with me is Nathan Price. He is in Lollipops as well as Lilac Shadows. And he is the, one of the founders of Dig Up Tapes, which is a Raleigh-based music label that... Uh, releases music digitally and on cassette tapes and uh, if you ask them really nicely the occasional cd or vinyl album there's this instinct that at first all right well you guys got together because you wanted to make sure that a people who go to shows could bring something home with them like it could be like man you heard this heard this great band and they should be doing what they love they should be out there playing music but I really want to be selfish and have them take some time off and record an album for me so I can enjoy it when, when I'm not at their shows. Uh, and cassettes, uh, during the last hour, you said kind of solved that dilemma a bit where the production time is a lot faster and affordable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, pretty, the only thing that's similar is CDRs. So we've done some CDRs 
um, for like towers and some other stuff, but we definitely prefer cassettes. A lot of the times when WKNC plays uh, dig up tapes, cause singles, they're actually CDRs. Yeah, yeah. So we we appreciate you keeping those coming. We'll burn a lot of CDRs, especially for like ourselves and stuff like that, or for for anybody really. It doesn't matter. We'll we'll put it out however we need to. So Snails is a band out of Charlotte, and out of Baltimore, out of Baltimore. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. It was the Future Islands the connection? I was going to say, how do you, how do you discover bands that yeah. are outside of your immediate network? That was um, Snails is uh, Abe that plays in Wingdam and he plays in Dave Fell Band and he's played in a bunch of stuff. Uh, he played in Lower Dens. He was one of the first people in Lower Dens. And then um, uh, William from Future Islands, Sam from Future Islands, and um, uh, one of the guys from Small Sur and uh, another guy on saxophone. No, so they're coming through. It's it's gonna be fun. They all dress up like snails. A couple of the songs are from a snail's perspective, like that one, <laughs> where he's uh kind of explaining what he thinks he like be like to be a snail. I don't know. It's real fun. It's it'll be good. Is there is there slime and goo to go with it, or I don't know. Maybe maybe we can make that happen for this one. Also, they're playing a hopscotch roadshow in Chapel Hill with the art department, last year's men, and Dynamite Brothers, which is going to be a whole lot of fun. That's gonna be crazy, and that's gonna be the nightlight. Do you know when that's going to be? That's the day after the lineup is announced. That's uh, so the next week. That'll be Thursday, the twenty fifth of April. Then, yep, that's right. Because right. the lineup is on April twenty fourth. They've been doing some early le- leaks though for Hopscotch Festival. Yeah, um, I was really excited to see the Breeders are playing. Yeah, like, that that makes me happy. I know. They they have their act together this I, year. I got a sneak peek at the um the full lineup. Are they still working on the grid, or do you think that's ready to go? It's crazy. It's going to be the best one. It's so crazy. There's so many bands. It's insane. There's bands on like the fifth line that I feel like should be on the first. How do you expect dig up tapes to grow? Um, I mean, now that your 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 friend networks are growing bigger. I don't know. We've been talking about that actually. Uh, me and Justin and um, he's we were talking about that actually yesterday, and we we're thinking about maybe trying to just get the bands out of the area and try to try to maybe start booking some tours and working on that because I feel like we know how to book some tour. Justin especially is really good at booking tours. And so we might try to book some stuff for all the bands and get them out of the area and, and moving around the, the East Coast and down south to Georgia or wherever, you know. Maybe just kind of spread everybody around because we played North Carolina a whole lot. So it might be time to start moving around. So is the there's a tour that's upcoming then, right? Yeah. In May, um, Jenny Bazette and Lilac Shadows, we're going, It's we're just doing uh, seven days. We're just going up Baltimore, Philly, New York, um, York, Pennsylvania. Uh, just a couple of dates up north and back, and we're we're going to try to do some more of those. Maybe Lollipops and Lonnie Walker might try to do one in in uh, August. And would that be a short tour as well? Or? Yeah, probably like a week. I mean, that's everybody's got jobs and stuff like that. Unless we were able to make a substantial amount of money off of it, then it'd be hard to quit and and start start touring. You'd have to be pretty sure of it. And we we've been doing a lot of three day runs. The three day runs are really fun, where you get out for for uh, do a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I guess from your perspective in a band, if you didn't, you know, help run dig up tapes, what kind of support would you be looking for from them for a tour? Just, just help. I mean, it's really, really hard to book tours. So, do you want them to help make sure that there are places that you're going to play, or, or even just ideas of how to do it? Because so many times, I mean, you can say like, I want to play Brooklyn, or I want to play Philly. I want you can you know the cities you want to play. Or, I want to play DC, but to actually know what bands to contact that are good bands that'll bring people out that'll play with you also and which venues to contact that are, aren't going to ignore you I mean you get ignored so often and it's it's just hard to, to I, we always try to respond I mean we get a lot of emails so we can't respond to every but uh, I always try to respond to bands looking for shows around here to try to like say hey you should hit up 
Mark Connor for this, or you should hit up if they're looking for North Carolina, maybe even hit up the Olipo guys for Asheville now that they've got Apothecary or uh, Kings if I think it's big enough. You know, I'll, I'll kind of try to point them in a direction where maybe it could work because um, I know that it's it's just tough. And it's it's really easy to book a bad tour, but it's really, really hard to book a tour where people are actually going to come out and see you. And one of the things earlier, you're talking about Olipo. They've moved to Asheville recently. They were from Raleigh, and they were almost happy to discover you guys had gone out to a under-promoted show. Yeah. So, or do you think there's still a lot of under-promoted shows in Raleigh, or do you think that... Yeah, I mean, it still happens. It, there was That was during a time right when Kings had just opened back up where um, I think that a lot of the other places like Berkeley or like Tiernanog or like some of the places that the shows had moved to, we're still having some shows, but, and maybe we're getting, where they were a little surprised at how much everybody was just swarming to Kings. And, um, and that was one of those shows. There was hardly anyone there, but yeah, we just got, we were actually there for the headliner band. They were opening up and, and we just really liked them. How do you promote shows in this area? What, what, what are the networks that you try to hit up? Uh, Facebook. Basically, you do Facebook, you put up flyers, you try to get it out there, try to get the um, as many flyers, just look at the word out. I don't know. It's it's hard. It's all hard to get people to come out. It's hard, but at least for a local show then, you know, you know that you're going to have friends that are going to notice your Facebook events and yeah. your post. Um, what extra work has to then be done for planning those mini tours? Those, what? Oh, man. Just, just, you, well, there you don't have necessarily the, the network of friends who are in other bands or the relationships with the venues. So you're kind of starting from scratch in every single place. So it's tough because you got to find some cities want you to have the venue first and then you get bands to play with you at that venue. Some places want you to contact all the bands and, and come to them with like a full line. They want, they want a bill. Before. Yeah. So it just depends. And they're all different. So it's hard to know exactly what, what's right. Well, good luck with the learning curve. <laughs> yeah. Well, Justin is really good at it. He booked a lot of the Lonnie Walker stuff with Brian in the early days when he was still playing with Lonnie Walker. And so, I mean, they, he booked a lot of tours for Lonnie. They were, they were all over the place. So he's kind of um, a little bit more adept at it than I am, where sometimes I'm just like, hey, remember me? I helped you out at a show like a year ago. You live there. I want to come there. And uh, just hope for the best. You guys are known for... Uh, affordable media, you know, putting you try to put up as much as you can on Bandcamp. Uh, if somebody buys a tape, they also get a digital download copy. Mm-hmm. You do shows where the first, you know, X number of people get a free cassette with an event. Like tomorrow is Record Store Day where they uh, try to shore up support for all the brick and mortar mom and pop record stores. Yeah. Is that something to dig up tapes? Um, do you guys do anything with that? Or we're, we're, um, tomorrow for Record Store Day, we, we have, we don't have any releases this year. Um, we were hope- we've got a couple that we were hoping would happen. We've got a Lilac Shadows remix EP where Dave Mueller from Heads on Sticks did one, John Yu did one, Jackie who was in Towers did one, uh, Justin actually who I was just talking about did one. But I don't, I don't, we just haven't got it mastered yet, and we still don't have the artwork for it. And then the Zach Mexico stuff could have been done, but but what we have done is we uh, helped Nice Price in Raleigh right here on Hillsborough. We're setting up a show for them where it's going to be Mark Cusio from Ghost Blonde. Adam from the annuals and then Brian from Lonnie Walker are all going to do solo sets starting at like 1145. So it's going to be in the store or is it going to be like behind be it? In store. Yeah. Very awesome. So no. pretty pared down, but it's going to be cool. Yeah. Do you know about how long the sets are going to be yet or? Uh, they should be, they're going to be fairly short solo sets. I mean like 20, 30 minute sets probably. Um, so it'll probably start at like 1140 and then go to like uh, 132, something like that. Are there any re- releases that you're excited about as it's just a, a music yeah, enthusiast? I'm, I'm excited for that Double Dagger release because I didn't know that they were going to ever come out with another album. So I guess they broke up like a couple years ago and they decided to like make one more album for Record Store Day, which I, I was excited about because 
Um, I liked I, I kind of got into them late, so I heard like the more record and the, the last EP. But I had just recently got into their earlier stuff, like right when that was announced that they were going to put out a new record. So I got really excited about that. My name is Jacob, and the studio is Nathan Price. The Lollipops, You're Too Young. Uh, that's a band that uh, you're quite proud of. Yeah, yeah, I am. I, f- I feel like we've gotten... That started with uh, Iggy writing a lot of those songs from a pretty dark place. And um, then I, I think it's turned into something else because the band's gotten really tight. And it's just a, we have a good time together. And the shows are fun. And we all have a good... T- I mean, it's just... It's come together and it's it's become much uh, more of like a clear idea than I think it started off with, which is like Iggy is all over the place. You know, his recordings are kind of crazy. They're all really good, but one will be like an instrumental, like weird track. And then the next one will be like a very concise two minute pop song. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of where that band's gotten. Yeah, I was asking, of course, some of the best conversations happen, unfortunately, when the microphones are off, because <laughs> uh, we're like, oh, no, they, they want to hear the song. They don't want to hear us talk. Um, but uh, I was like, well, what's it like to hear your band on the radio? And, and Nathan's uh, first response is, well, it's great. Uh, we did a really good job, but we need to re-record it. <laughs> well, yeah, that was one of Iggy's. That that one was, as I said, it kind of made me made me cringe. <laughs> I think when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, this is so blown out. I mean, it sounds cool. Sort of, but I know for a fact for some of those off the royal masochists, those were remixed by Iggy like ten times. And I know that there's certain mixes, and he would put each of them on the Bandcamp page. So there's so many different mixes floating around, of like for, of different levels. And so sometimes I'll hear one, I'll be like, oh man, that is definitely not the last one that was put up. <laughs> so, but yeah, I also I think that um as the band we just gotten really really tight together, and uh, I think we could make some really good recordings if we went in with everybody. So in an age where people want ready media, you know, which is a niche that you guys fill at dig up tapes, like you go to a show and you don't have to wait for the band to take time off before you can take music home with you um, because your center takes uh, usually a, a week maybe to put out a cassette tape. I mean, we could do a cassette tape, run a cassette tapes pretty quick. I mean, if we do a hundred of them, Derek, it takes Derek about a day to, if we do it on the hi-fi, we have the high speeds too that aren't as, they don't sound as good, but we still use them sometimes if we're in a crunch and, um, those things, you could do 100 tapes in like 45 minutes, so it's quick. How durable are they? Oh, those things last for, I mean, you still see cassettes from, you know, back in the day that you could still listen to and listen and play. Do you remember the, there used to be a way that you could like kind of mark your tapes, um, you could like write on the tape um, and not damage it, and so you, it was like almost like creating your, your cues Oh, really? for for a record like so you could visually see like which track was coming up and no that sounds uh, really I was, cool, like, I was like that should be some sort of box set special edition <laughs> that's <laughs> a great idea tapes yeah. uh, we wanted to do i thought it would be cool one of my friends came up with this idea and i thought it would be awesome if it could ever come together where like you get the endless loop tapes of kind of like all in the same key and um this is kind of flaming lips rip off but um you take endless loop tapes that would just play non-stop all in the same key with like different sounds and stuff like that that you could play and they would come in a box set of like 10 or 12 or something like that and then you play them all together and then it makes different sounds depending on where you start and where it is on the loop and everything else but it always fits together because it's all in the same key and all kind of the same tempo or s- same vibes or something like that i thought that, that would be really cool and even if we just like five of them i thought that'd be awesome so would you have five different players yeah you'd have to have like that one, that's the thing that makes it kind of flaming lips like is because it's totally unrealistic and you can't even do a digital version of that it's just like useless so, but it would well, be fun it sounds It'd like an cool. installation waiting to happen <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that's what we'll do maybe we'll do it for a hopscotch day show or something like that when people first approach you about dig up tapes like 
making music, releasing music through you guys, what what questions do they have for you? If a band wants to release like a single, usually they just email us. It's usually us contacting them and asking if they want want to be in on it. But if they email us and they they want us to release it, um, usually we don't release it. It's it's really we already got so much stuff going on. Unfortunately, that if it's really good, then or really if it's anybody, we'll just send them how to do it themselves, and we'll send them all the tapes and or where to get the tapes from. How to we'll let them use our duplicators and everything. We'll just kind of explain like we're really busy. Already. We've got a lot of stuff and we're not that many people. Like, so it's, it's hard to sometimes take on new stuff. There's a couple things we do. The mutant league EP that we did actually, that we put out kind of came like that. They sent it over to us and I was, I was just blown away by it. I was so into it that we made the tapes They were, They sent it over to us like a week before the release show. And I made like 50 tapes and, and dropped them off at the release show, which was pretty cool. What do you feel like your next challenges are going to be then? And like, you have, uh, music coming out from Zach Mexico. Yeah, um, that, that's going to be good. I really want to make that record. Even though I still haven't heard it, the record, I've heard the songs live and they've gotten so crazy good live. It's like, it's just sort of like if the OCs played like seven minute pop or psychedelic songs, you know, it's like so good. And um, I really want to hear the record. We're going to be putting that out and I really want to make that record do well and have them tour a lot or even a little bit. It's really hard to get them out of Kill Devil Hills. They just kind of are so comfortable up there. They like it there. <laughs> so, like, it has our stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those dudes are weird. <laughs> that record is going to be good. Then the Lilac record, we've been working on that thing for a while now, and it's starting to come together. And I think once we get that done, it's going to be really good. I'm going to be, I'm already feeling pretty proud of it, and we haven't even got the got to the point where I'm normally feeling that way. But I think that that record is going to be awesome. It's going to be completely different from the EP. It's going to sound great. I think people are going to like it. What do you think the the big changes are that are improvements on that album? I'm not sure what exactly the shift was uh, on the songwriting, but it's a lot more. It's it's a little bit more uh, not psych. It's a little bit more psychedelic than shoegaze, I guess it would be. But it's still not even psychedelic because they're mostly like shorter songs and like. But it's still got. I mean, the, it's still got like a seven minute song in it. I don't know. I don't know. It's not together yet, so it's hard for me to talk about because I haven't heard the final version of what we're going for. But there's still a lot of ideas floating around, and it could end up being a hot mess. I don't know. <laughs> it might not be good at all. What's well, a good way to stay up to date? Like, especially with the, uh, just single series, you know, each show is in a different venue. How, what's a good way to follow you guys? Um, on the Facebook page, we usually keep that pretty up to date. Twitter, sometimes we can keep it up to date or just send us a message and ask us what's going on. <laughs> it's really hard. I guess if you run into us is one of the only ways to actually know about everything that's going on. The good old word of mouth. <laughs> yeah. You just have to bump into somebody that knows what's going on. And when's your next show again then? Uh, uh, the next show for us is tomorrow, and that is the one in Durham with Spider Bags and Last Year's Men and Wig Report, and a bunch of other people are playing for uh, Record Store Day there, and then also the actual Record Store Day show at Nice Price with Mark Cusio from Ghost Blonde, Adam from Annuals, and Brian Korn from Lonnie Walker. That's going to be around noon at Nice Price, or 11.45. And, um, and then after that, we've got shows next week lollipops are doing some shows with snails and art department the snails and art department are doing the hopscotch shows the hopscotch road shows are starting next week and also which are thursday friday saturday thursday in chapel hill uh friday in winston and saturday in wilmington so those are all gonna be really good now you've worked with greg in the past how do they approach do they approach you guys as performers or do they approach you as a label for being involved in hopscotch well greg i don't know he just kind of i just i know greg i've known him for a while and um it's just more more just from just running into me just i don't know it's not a specific way there's with with uh him it's not so much um emails getting passed back and forth he'll just like give us a call and say hey would you want to play this and we're we're into it so it's it and i think that hopscotch is 
is kind of strangely underappreciated in the area because there's such they do so much and it's like two people or three people that do it you know it's like greg grayson and becky pretty much that do all of that for everything and i think that there's like a misconception because it's so large that it's like a huge it's obviously like, a squad and yeah and it's like not that at all it's like them in there scrambling around making flyers on an inkjet printer you post them up you know it's like so diy and it's just amazing how much they get done with what they have and uh I, i'm really excited for this year i think it's going to be the best one so do you think that but you know you guys are like hey we're going to start a music label in 2010 um hopscotch has this festival do you think that this do-it-yourself spirit is the competitive home team advantage of of the triangle or maybe i mean I, I think it's the home team advantage of all independent music right now like i think that that's really what cripples a lot of people who are trying to like make it big or in the mainstream or something like that because they think that there's a set way they have to do it and they think it costs a lot of money to do it that way which it does and so they'll try for something and then when they fail they're in debt or they're they're out a lot of money or they're just they can't go back for a second time or if you do it kind of a little bit more diy and if you you fail completely then who cares you know you can just do it again it's easy to say who cares but what's advice that you could give someone to to not be discouraged it's, it's, seriously just like don't care about it. like do care about it deeply while you're doing it and then completely move on to the next thing that's that's what i try to do